0: Hello, my loves, welcome to Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque, and cabaret. This episode, I'm chatting with the sexy, ridiculous, and macabre drag performer, Miss Terry Box. Terry has exploded onto the scene via digital drag during lockdown and is now lighting up stages across London and the UK with their exciting, physical, and sometimes horrifying performances. Today we chat about a whole range of things, including their background as a cage fighter, overcoming shyness, nerd culture and papier-mâché. Enjoy! So today I'm thrilled to be chatting to the sexy, the ridiculous and the beautifully messy Miss Terry Box.
1: Hello! Hello.
0: Hi! Hi! Lovely to chat to you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. Really good.
0: Good. Um, well, I always start the episode with a bit of a check-in just to see how you're doing because we are still in a pandemic, allegedly. Well, we definitely are. Um, how are you coping?
1: I mean, um, I'm coping a lot better now. Things are open, opening. Um, it kind of weirdly feels like the world is back to normal, but... I know it's not because I'm still moving around with my mask, still testing myself regularly, despite being double backs and all that. Just mm. because I want to make sure that I keep everyone around me safe. Those get a bit weird sometimes traveling around and seeing people really just not wearing any masks or whatever. But, you know, I, I do what I can to keep myself and people I can keep safe by doing my thing.
0: And you're in London, aren't you?
1: I am in London. Yeah.
0: And you are gigging like crazy which is wonderful to see on your instagram so many shows especially coming up to halloween is halloween your kind of time of year
1: thank you well yes halloween um surprisingly it's not surprisingly i love halloween but it seems to be the time when i'm like the most busy which is excellent um i made like yeah so i'm really really excited i've got a few new halloween acts ready to to debut in the next or actually next week so um very, very excited about that and uh, super thrilled.
0: Um, now, I've heard you describe yourself as a quarantine queen. So you weren't performing that much before lockdown happened. Is that right?
1: Um, I wasn't performing at all before lockdown happened. I really? Consider myself, Yeah, I consider myself a quarantine queen uh, because I, um, <clears throat> well, I was looking to make my first performance just before we went into lockdown. I was starting to, I, I'd not even really done makeup properly. I'd just done makeup once before then and actually i didn't even do it myself i had someone else do it for me i was like yeah i love this i want to try and get on a stage and perform and i was talking to different people about doing so and then the lockdown happened so i was sat in my room and i was like oh I kind of want an opportunity to do this anyway so i was like oh well um and i found a competition online uh run by crayola the queen uh called Mix madhouse and oh, i saw that and there were open Shay. applications it was so good so much fun um but yeah so they had open applications and I was like right let me throw my hat in the ringer and I did and I got accepted on and um and then I made my debut there and ever since it's pretty much been go 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 I've loved it so much um learned so much about myself got to meet so many incredible beautiful people um and it's just been like it's just been (laughs) show after show digital digital show after digital show and then a few months later, when things opened up again, I got invited to do my first stage performance, and I have not looked back since. It's been such an amazing journey.
0: This is incredible. I can't believe you weren't Terry Box before quarantine. Had Terry been created then? At this point in your well, head, I
1: had, I had the name. Okay. Um, but I think Terry is really kind of hard to to nail down. Essentially, like define what Terry is, because like the name suggests it's a bit of a mystery like does all sorts of things randomly it's like whatever idea comes into my head I'm like I'm gonna try that so it's a constant evolution and I think the more I've performed the more of the more I've explored Terry the more I've understood Terry but at the same time I still can't properly get a proper grip on her. Had you
0: performed live before? You Um, must have done seeing
1: your show seeing your digital okay so so my journey to performing in drag is kind of all over the shop like i was in school i did drama i did i mean not a lot of it but i did some drama performed in some musicals um this is like over geez revealing my age here about like oh definitely oh my god almost like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) um maybe less than that like 17 years ago um But yeah, so I was doing a lot of that, dropping my mic, I was doing a lot of that, I performed in bands, I used to be a guitarist and bassist, um, as you can probably see, yeah, Uh, you guys probably won't be able to see this, but (laughs) you can see that right now. There are
0: guitars in the background. and yep, I've got there's... a monkey old acoustic behind me, but...
1: <laughs> oh, and I see you've got a bass over there, an acoustic guitar there, and then my electric guitar over there as well. Nice. So I do love my music. Um, so I performed in bands, but I've always been really shy and I don't like putting myself on stage. Sounds really weird considering I'm a, you know, a drag performer now. Mm. But um, in, in a way, I used drag to help me come out of my shell and explore myself and express myself. Um so, yeah, so that's performance, performing and the performing I've done. But I also, in between all of that, used to be a cage fighter. And so, in a way, that's kind of performing. Yeah. Um, in a way, I'm doing a thing in front of loads of people. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I have performed in front of crowds before, but just never to the extent I have with drag, because I think drag is a lot more personal. Mm. There's a lot, like, I'm letting people see a side of me that, I didn't even let myself see until I started doing drag. So, um, so yeah, so that's it.
0: I think it's really interesting how often performers describe drag as personal, because underneath all those layers, the costumes, the makeup, the prosthetics, anything, people still feel very exposed because they are showing such a private side of them. Um, so what drew you to drag in the first place? What was it that you saw that you thought, OK, that's a new avenue for me
1: to explore? Well I think I've always I've always enjoyed drag even as a kid before I even knew what drag was you know the the stereotypical thing of like trying on your mom's wigs Mm. heels and stuff like that I did all of that and then at school we used to have fancy dress days and I always used to want to wear a wig skirt and do all of that and I loved it it was so much fun to feel myself in that space and do that um and then I kind of put that aside for the longest time because you know life um, and you
0: and you were cage fighting
1: <laughs> and that too and amazing. that too but I still kind of was myself in a way it was yeah but never really took it to to this extent and then you know seeing drag on television and then seeing my local scene and seeing how diverse my local scene was and how amazing it was going to drag show um like the london scene is amazing i mean the scene across the UK is amazing. Like yeah. I've gone to different places and I love it all. But um going to places in London at, uh you know, Bethnal Green's Workman's Club, uh, The Glory, I got to see so many performers that I was like, oh, wow, these are making me feel things that I never thought I could feel. And I was like, this is inspiring me to want to go out and express myself. And, um, and yeah, and that was basically the start of it. And then I was like, right let's, let's try this one day. And then eventually picked up the courage. I think being in lockdown helped me be a little bit more courageous uh, to do it. And like cause I could do it in the privacy of my room, share things online and, the reception was great, and then it just kind of snowballed from there.
0: Yeah, let's talk about your digital drag. So that's when I first discovered you. I mean, the range of performances you did was incredible. And also, I love it because it draws a lot from popular culture and things that I love. So I've seen you in Fifth Element uh, costume. I've seen you. The, your alien performance is just incredible. Um, Thank but, you. But the first one I saw, I think, which is when I immediately reached out to you, was the Pokemon Uh, (laughs) drag which is just so fun um and I talk about that show all the time in these podcasts but that was really cool um is popular culture something that you really draw inspiration from
1: um I mean definitely like I mean if you look around any space that I occupy uh I'm usually bringing around some kind of toy or memorabilia like on my desk right now I'm looking at a little Figure of Deadpool, one of Lilu from the Fifth Element, and Triple H from the WWE. Um, in my room over there, I've got a whole bunch of other Funko Pops. I, I'm like, and I'm a, I'm a nerd, and proud to say, like I've been playing video games for for time. So a lot of ideas come from those, you know, from popular culture. So like all that nerd culture sort of thing, um, and music. Um, my music taste is very all over the shop Mm. like I listen to a lot of heavy metal so that is also usually where I I get my ideas from I listen to a song I'm like I love this let's incorporate this in somehow and doing weird mashups and stuff yeah that's that's just (laughs) yeah so popular culture is definitely somewhere I gain inspiration from
0: what are you watching or consuming at the moment in particular anything that's inspiring you Everyone's watching Squid Games, which I haven't started watching yet. To be honest,
1: I highly recommend it. Mm. I finished it in basically a day. Great, that's <laughs> a good it. sign, isn't it? It was so so good. I literally just got up, put it on, and was like, right, this is perfect. Um, um, so yes, yeah, Squid Game is great. But other things I'm watching at the moment, it's really tricky because like I um, I'm not really watching anything in particular at the moment I'm playing a lot of video games right now
0: oh what are you playing mainly
1: because uh Metroid mm-hmm. a Metroid Dread came out the other day and I'm a huge Metroid fan and old school platformers Same. uh just do it for me so yeah. I'm sat there playing that and it's stressing me out so much it's so hard but I love it um so that's one thing I'm playing at the moment and like if I'm watching anything I'm watching some random stuff in the background that I've already seen so old episodes of Rick and Morty and just random bits like that
0: I think there's a big deal well it's important to me to have comfort viewing so I've often gone back particularly over the last few years I go back to things that I really enjoy for that sense of comfort when everything else seems quite unstable what's your comfort
1: viewing uh show of choice
0: Lord of the Rings
1: the films
0: extended editions only obviously i don't regard Mm -hmm. the others as Mm -hmm. the actual films i'm also a nerd um yeah so i'd always they're my go-tos and i know if i put it on i'm like am i feeling okay yeah that I, I need get that, that comfort um I love this crossover between nerd culture and drag I think it's something we're seeing a lot more of recently so I can't wait to see more of it I was talking to Kenzie Blackheart about this a few episodes ago oh, about how this is all coming together and it's really exciting to see
1: it is um, it's awesome because it's sort of like the stuff that I grew up watching and um consuming and I still consume now I can't pretend that I don't play Pokemon a lot Same. Um, I think that's fine it's great right it's <laughs> <Yeah>. great <laughs> and being able to see it represented on stages on TV it, it's just it's just amazing
0: what was it like doing your Pokemon piece your digital drag Pokemon piece because that's really fun oh,
1: okay so that was that was that was a process and a half I um, bet by <laughs> this was... point
0: you might mu- you've done quite a few digital drag performances hadn't you yeah you by that point together, I done, but they're also different
1: um yeah again it's one of those things like I don't have to I mean I I don't know I I don't really I like to throw wild ideas and see can I do this can I do this um and I know that um that Pokemon show which was incredible the whole show was so good I think it's still up on YouTube so um if you haven't seen it already find it because it's brilliant um but that was really fun to do for me because I like like I work with paper mache a fair amount. So I repurposed some costumes and props that I had and just made like giant Pokemon heads like car- out of cardboard and whatnot, stuck my head through them and turned them into something. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to make. Like I um, <clears throat> I think one of my favorite things is trying to see if I can transform myself into something completely different. Um, which I don't necessarily always do, but when I get the chance to, I'll try and go like the extra mile, like for example, with the alien and paper mache is great for that.
0: Yeah, that is phenomenal. I was rewatching that just before we chatted. Um, I love how cool you look as the alien, but then also you're running around with your hairdryer as a gun. And I (laughs) love that so much because it's, it's what digital drag was about, wasn't it? It's like, right, what have I got? to use to create something magical. And it's exactly what that show, that piece was. I just love it.
1: Thank you. It's it's one of the things I think it's just like seeing so many different digital drag performances have inspired me to just basically everything in your house can be used as something it's yeah. just up to your imagination and how you want to portray it and um and also with drag i didn't want it to make it like i didn't want to make like a cardboard gun i was like no a hairdryer will look like a gun it's fine. It's, well, it, it,
0: looked <laughs> it looked perfect it looked perfect that's why it's so great and i think that's why I did drag was really special because It was a leveler it's just it's not about how much money you've got it's just what can you find around the house and how creative can you be with it and
1: honestly i do miss digital drag a fair amount like Mm. i I love performing on stage don't get me wrong but there's just something really nice about because creating an act for the stage um it's a very different process i'm thinking about how i'm going to block it how i'm going to interact with the audience how i'm going to do all those little bits and how i'm going to connect the audience but with digital there's a completely different thought process. It's like, how can I transform this space that I occupy every day to make it look like <clears throat> something else? Can I use an outside scene? And all those little bits that you, like, it's almost like movie making at the end of the day. And that process is really fun. Like, I still have all the storyboards for every single digital track piece I've Good. made. Um, and I want to go back and look through them at some point. And like, I've got little behind the scenes videos. I'm probably going to compile a little something Um later on down the line to just showcase that process because it is really fun and um even though we're out of lockdown stages are accessible now I still do want to make some more digital drag pieces because I really really enjoy that
0: I think it's a way of making drag accessible for everybody no matter your circumstances what country you're in it was just phenomenal
1: but but also it's really accessible to to viewers and audiences because one thing that I realized when doing digital drag is how not every venue is accessible. You don't always have accessible toilets. You don't have great, you know, the sound could be too much, Mm -hmm. the, the flashing lights. Whereas, um, When you're doing a digital drag performance, you can put a trigger warning at the start, you can have subtitles throughout the entire piece. Um, There's just so much more that you can do to make it accessible for 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 anyone. Uh, And I really also really appreciate that and really like that about it.
0: When you were performing in a digital show, when they were showing your piece, would you sit there and read the comments and watch along?
1: Um, yes, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I mean, I was going to try and pretend no, I don't, but a thousand percent, like I'm there. I mean, a lot of the time, I'm nervous about it because I'm just sat there, and be like, oh, well they like it, well they like it, well they like it. But um, but then when you know when you when you start getting those comments, um, rolling through. It's, it's it's as good as getting an applause on stage, really. Um, but slightly better because you actually get to hear what people are thinking as well as just the cheer and the and the and the yays.
0: How have you adjusted then to live performance and how have you changed? You told me about kind of the practical things like the blocking and thinking about the audience and stuff, but how has actual content of your performances changed?
1: Um, I think I can't rely too much on fancy backgrounds. Mm. I have to be very much present in, in the space and my movements and really express myself more. Um, and also interacting with people in the crowds. So that's also an adjustment period. Cause I did mention that like, I'm quite a shy person which you wouldn't believe. Up until more recently, I was very much like in my shell. Didn't really like talking to people. No, didn't like talking to people, but just felt a bit anxious doing that. Mm-hmm. And since doing drag, I feel like it's opened myself. It's opened me up a little bit more to being more comfortable in those spaces. I mean like heck, I'm half naked on stage half the time I'm performing. Yes, that so. is
0: something I was <laughs> going to bring up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um so yeah so it is it, it, I suppose it is different because again I'm looking at a different space I've got a stage and I have to use that stage to its fullest potential to be able to tell the story I'm trying to sell or quote-unquote dance um and do all those kind of things um so it, it's just changing um it, not the content per se because I'm actually t- think of taking some of the stage acts that I've done and turning them into digital numbers as well, just when Great. I have time. Great. But it's also just like, again, I'm still so new to this. I'm still trying to figure out what works best for, for me in terms of storytelling, whether I'm adding, whether I add more like spoken word bits into my lip syncs or just do straight up songs and just playing around with that.
0: Can you still incorporate the handmade element into um, live acts? Do I do. Think?
1: Good. I do. Good. Um, One of the more ambitious numbers I suppose I did a act which is um very much inspired by the Little Shop of Horrors um it was commissioned for a night we did a movie screening of the Little Shop of Horrors and afterwards we had a few different performers Great. um do numbers on them and I did a number where I dressed as a giant version of um Audrey 2. Mm-hmm. so I made a giant paper mache head thing and I was like in that performing in that and then I reveal it to reveal the rest of the costume underneath and everything um so yeah so I definitely do try and incorporate a lot of handmade elements in fact at the moment I'm working on props for another act that I'm doing on Gosh. Sunday and then a whole bunch of other things like there's just like I try and uh, especially more recently now that I've realized <clears throat> that I really enjoy making stuff and trying to make it a thea- a theatrical I'm trying to make my numbers a bit more Theatrical by adding some practical effects to them. Mm. Um, obviously, being mindful of mess, putting, you know, making a mess on stage and splashing the audience and stuff. So. Yeah.
0: I love seeing footage of drag performers getting to and from venues when they've got lots of elaborate kit with them, um, Richard energy and their lip sync, you know, getting oh on the bus. Oh god, and I love like that, that
1: so much. Like it's so funny to see their stories every time and just see them with them um, with giant props on the chairs and all that. It's Is brilliant. that you?
0: Is that you with your paper mache stuff on the bus? Sometimes,
1: Yeah. I've had to take trains um, and buses with this giant paper mache head, which I put in a bag, like a big Ikea bag. So yeah, you can't really see what it is, but there's like this giant green thing with like big red lips and teeth sticking out. Brilliant. And the looks I get sometimes I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to sit here and ignore that or a giant bowl of yarn. Like just all those things. I'm just like, hmm, people are going to ask me a lot of questions. So um, and they don't. I've actually had one one time I was walking with a giant bowl of yarn and some ticket inspectors came over, which I've never seen in a very long time. But they asked me, what's that? And I was like, it's a giant bowl of yarn. And they're like what's it for and i was like hmm wouldn't you like to know <laughs>
0: <For drag laughs> performance. um does it need a ticket no leave me be. No, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> so all these elements the makeup the effects papier mache stuff is this stuff you've taught yourself
1: um not not entirely like i've had a lot of help from people in the scene mm. and um <laughs> some really close friends, they've just helped me out with my makeup, but it's definitely been like, they've they've shown me pointers. I still get a lot of help with sewing and things from a lot of friends. So yeah, it's not something, it's not stuff I cannot take credit for, for the things that I've learned um, on my own. I've definitely had a lot of help with everything, but it's really fun to see where I started off my journey and then see myself now, like my makeup, for example, like I know everyone always says this, that their makeup, to look back a year, They're like, oh, what was I looking at? But truly, when I look back at you, I'm like, oh, what what was I doing? Um, Not that it's fantastic now, but like compared to them. Well, it
0: is. It is. And ultimately, does it matter? Because UK drag is just about creativity, isn't it? And the ideas behind it, it's just so not about the perfect face or whatever.
1: No, I I totally agree. I think for myself, it's more just a... um, uh, it's again like it's like the evolution and the learning part of things so that's another thing I really like it's like learning so seeing myself from point a like how I've gone to point a to be like even my first performances I look back at them I'm like that was fun and I really had a great time but when I look back at them I'm like oh I could have done this this that and that so mm-hmm. I'm always like really critical of myself like I'm my own worst critic every time I come off stage I'm like that was terrible or <laughs> I have no. feelings about the number until I start hearing feedback I mean there's sometimes where it has been not so great. But I'm okay with that because it's a journey, it's a learning process. And uh, yeah, and and, I, and as you said, like it's not all about your makeup and all of that. It's just about the expression. And mm-hmm. I think as long as you go there and express yourself on stage, it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what you're doing, yeah. just express yourself and be as truest version of you. And it's great. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, and that's why I enjoy watching.
0: How are you learning to interact with the audiences now then, if that's a bit of a new thing for you? What's that like? Trial and error. Okay.
1: <laughs> Trial and error. Just get up on stage, do a thing. But I think it's more, it's it's about uh, the thing I'm picking up and I don't know if it's going to be helpful to anyone else, but like, don't just interact with the audience for the sake of interacting with the audience. If you're going to do that, do it with some kind of emotion and just, do it with purpose and i know mm. that i've done it in the past where i'm just like i'm meant to interact with the audience so i'm just gonna go to this whereas like if i actually do it with intention yeah. it changes the entire game it makes like it helps bring people into the performance rather than make them feel like they're watching something
0: i was gonna say do you think you have to do that every time
1: it depends on the type of performance you're doing mm. but i do feel like there has to be some sort of um I mean, it depends on what you mean by interacting with the audience. You don't have to necessarily go up and sit with them or yes. do that kind of thing, but just connecting with them in some capacity. Um, I think it, it's nice. You don't necessarily have to connect with every single person, but whilst you're on stage, like even looking out, like looking out and making eye contact with a few people here and there, just makes them feel like they're part of the part of the show rather than just sat there watching you do your thing, living your life on stage, which is fine. But um, I do like to feel connected to the performer and, try to replicate that with my with my acts
0: and you mentioned this before you're often kind of semi-naked on stage yes in digital and live how's that been for you suddenly is that something you've had to learn body confidence suddenly being no I mean were you just happy
1: I mean I've always been happy with it like as I said I used to be a cage fighter and yeah yeah. you're basically fighting in like box well my outfits were always basically boxer shorts and that's about it of course um so I'm okay with uh with nudity and express well basically being in my pants on stage that's always been fine it's just more sort of like the idea of prof- like that isn't being naked to me the, the idea of being naked to me is more like exposing myself and yes. like everything else which actually being in drag on stage is more nerve-wracking so actually sometimes being naked it makes it easier for me I'm just like ah it's fine it's fine <laughs> whatever
0: that makes sense and So you're in the London scene, as we mentioned before, and I think to a lot of, I've interviewed performers from all over the UK, and I think to those from outside the UK, the London scene is a bit of a mystery and sometimes a bit impenetrable. How do you feel about that, about getting other performers in from across the UK and how should they approach it maybe? Because a lot of performers want to get in there and you said the venues like the Glory, which are legendary, which you are now performing at or have performed at already. And how do you break into it, do you think, if you're not there?
1: I think the difficulty with being outside of London, and this is just for for, for a lot of performances, uh, for for a lot of avenues in life in general, is, okay, how do I say that bit better and more concisely? Um, I think it's just being seen. I think the difficulty is like whilst everyone sees you online, it's just seeing people in person really makes it a lot easier for you to be seen by other performers, other producers. So when they think of performers, you come front to mind. Mm. Um, it, it, it's annoying. It's it's a, it's frustrating because like. Um, As I said before, I've been to different parts of the country and I've seen so many fantastic performers that I would love to see perform in London. And I see a few of them do get to London, but it's just not with the same frequency. But obviously, understanding that travel costs and all of those implications as well are quite difficult to consider. But um, I just kind of want to be able to see like drag performers from around the country everywhere. So like, um, I would love to see more people travel to London. Um, Yeah, and it's just getting in touch with people really who live here and and unfortunately for myself like so for myself like starting out I was doing a lot of open mics because I was like I just want to get up on stage so just do my thing and that isn't necessarily an option for people traveling so far down because it's not cheap to travel to London and then to perform at an open mic isn't really worth it a lot of the times Uh, but for me it's what helped me get seen and get known by a few different producers so it means it's helped me out there um but i'm kind of diverting rambling <laughs> a bit um i don't know i think it's just yeah it's it's the whole visibility thing it's like and unfortunately it, it being seen in person is probably what helps out a lot so if you can make it down to london go to shows there and highly recommend doing that and just making friends with people in the london scene so that when they do hear a performer you know they hear a space that you're one of the people that come to mind mm-hmm. um yeah those kind of things really
0: i think digital drag helped a lot in terms of promoting people and getting people seen in a way that they weren't before but
1: oh definitely
0: performing in london still seems to be very critical
1: yeah but again i don't think london and london should be the be like should Mm. be that like peak of like drag or whatever it is um performing london is great but like I love, like, love, love, love performing up in Birmingham. Yes, oh, the Birmingham scene. It's such a great scene. Like, I love all the people there. Um, And also, like, Birmingham's also got a special place in my heart because it's the first time I ever performed live on stage was up in Birmingham. So, um, but that, I mean, that only slightly influences my decision, but the scene there is fantastic. The performers are all incredible. And, like, London is amazing in different ways. Like, every scene has got its own, like, unique selling point and um, yeah that's that's really it and I love I just love watching drag in different places because it just gives me a different kind of vibe a different kind of energy like I was in Glasgow the other week watching some drag there and that was again a show like I'd never seen before so it's just it's just great yeah
0: well now I'd like to move into a different section of the podcast it's new it's stolen from the uh, Queen Speak podcast I've ripped them off entirely <laughs> they know and they're fine with it uh, I call it Culture Broth Rip Off Ooh. and it's where I ask you a few deeper me meaningful thought-provoking questions but you can answer them any way you like uh jokingly seriously however you want are you up to this challenge
1: i'm up i'm down i'm down
0: okay okay so let's start who do you sometimes compare yourself to oh if you do at all
1: past versions of myself
0: hmm
1: I think. I mean, like I don't really have a an answer because I've never really tried to compare myself to anyone because like I still don't know who I am. So it's always like previous me, can I be can I do that better or can I do things? I take inspiration from a lot of people, but I don't really compare myself to anyone else.
0: Ah, uh, you are a competitive performer though, aren't you? Because you've done a few competitions. Luna's Dragon oh. Carbra, you won, you were the winner yeah. of that. Are you competitive uh, with yourself then?
1: Exactly that. I love so I do competitions. I mean You'd think that, like, again, my MMA background, that I'm competitive and I just like to win things. Winning is great, but really what I'm doing is I'm challenging myself to be a better version of myself. And the only, I mean, for me, one of the best ways to do that is competitions, because it's a real way to, to throw myself outside of my comfort zone, um, to be given a challenge. And try to rise to that challenge is something I really love doing. It's not about beating the other competitors on the show or, or you know or anything like that. It's about can I do can I be the best version of me given the circumstances that I'm in mm. and that's what I love about competing
0: What makes you smile
1: Oh a lot a lot lots make me smile I, I like smiling um music um drag, seeing people express themselves um video games yeah um that kind of stuff really um got a lot of smiling time for smiling
0: good good, it's important where does your self-worth come
1: from oh oh now that's deep i know Um, (laughs) that's very deep can we come back to that because i actually don't know
0: of course when you were 80 what do you think will matter to you the most
1: um, the connections I've made along the way.
0: Do you think humans will last another 1000 years?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, look at what we've done to the planet I know, so totally far. Like up. there's no way. I mean, if we decide go, I mean, I don't want to see up into space. Like we should deal with what we've got here unless we make some drastic changes. I don't think we will.
0: I mean, we're going into space right now just as a promotional stunt, aren't we? It's horrific.
1: Yeah, it's 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 dumb. I hate it. Like all that money wasted on going into space for the sake of saying, hey, I went into space. Granted, as a kid, I thought it'd be super cool to go into space. I freaking love Star Wars. Um, so so yeah, I would have loved to. But like the more I realize um, about the world, I realize that that's, that's just not the way we should be spending our money right now
0: what do you think drag of the future will look like
1: me i'm kidding i'm (laughs) kidding (laughs) no um
0: i'm using that i'm going to use it as the promotional advert for this episode
1: (laughs) i mean go for it i hope people listen and actually hear what i'm going to say next um i think it's going to be diverse and when i say diverse i mean truly diverse no more like lineups that are all the same I want to Mm. see more kings more people of color on the lineups and that's what I think the drag of the future is I think like if anything I think once people start realizing how amazing kings are yes kings will be at the forefront of drag
0: yes 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 um do you want to go back to where your self-worth comes from or is that too
1: I I mean, I, I can answer that, but I still don't know where that comes from. I just kind of wake up every day and just try to make sure that, like, I'm doing good to people and doing good to myself. And I think that's where that comes from. And that kind of fuels itself, really, I think.
0: <laughs> so what's next for you? You said you've got a new act coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that without giving too much away? Yeah.
1: Sure. So, being Halloween, yeah. uh, this new act that's coming out—it's very Halloween inspired. Um, it's basically—I mean, I'll just say it—it's inspired by The Exorcist. So, if you're into that, if you're into horror, and it's The Exorcist, like, come see me during this Halloween period because I'm Fantastic. performing this number a good few times.
0: Fantastic
1: starting um, next week i mean i don't know when this podcast is coming out but starting next week next friday great i'll on put second of october
0: i'll put links for it all under this episode um and um, where else can we find you apart from live where can we find you online because you've got lots of your digital performances online to watch as well
1: yes yeah, so my instagram handle which is at miss spelt with an i dot box spelt with two x's um that's where you can find me online i don't really use any other platform i'm on twitter with the same username but like i think once okay what was it was it very important uh no it was just announcing my you know announcing myself on twitter and then that's about it (laughs) um but yeah no i don't really use twitter very much i'm mostly on instagram because it's a lot easier to to work with um Mm. and yeah so all my digital performances are on there i'm slowly moving to put them all onto youtube as well just Mm. for ease of access but copyright claims might mean that i don't have them all there because yeah, music and all ideal. that um but yeah so that's that's where you can find me online
0: amazing and what's your uh relationship like with instagram because there's a lot of burnout uh, during lockdown because everyone's so frantically sort of using it
1: so I, I I use instagram I'm on instagram and I do post there a fair amount but I also really dislike the platform mm. because it's just it's just this infinite scroll thing you can get stuck on there for hours and hours and the amount of times that I've sat there I mean like in the past not really more recently but in the past before I started drag I used to get sober and now comparing myself comparing my life to the lives of others Mm. and I know that that's something I had to get over but I know that that is something that a lot of people still do and it's quite dangerous and detrimental to people but on the plus side, Instagram can be also be, be quite informative. I've seen so many different people posting a lot of things in their Instagram stories, which are super educational. Um, and also sharing, like it, it helps get reach to different causes that don't mm. really might not get that reach. Otherwise I'm not on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's the only place I get to see a lot of these things. Um, so I love it for that. There's sometimes when you can see some amazing human beings doing amazing things on Instagram and that sort of stuff I like. And also just like supporting other performers doing their thing on Instagram. So I like it for those reasons, but I also dislike it for the other reasons of like, um, for for mental health reasons, it can be Mm. quite a detrimental platform. So I try to minimize my use of it. I'm not on it all day. It's been increasingly more and more recently, but I'm still (laughs) trying to wean myself off it because I know how much it, like how much potential it has to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it's it's a platform. I like it. But like everything, too much of a good thing can be bad.
0: Well, I would really recommend heading over to your profile because that's a glorious, healthy place of creativity and wonder and it's becoming a really fantastic archive of everything that you've been creating over the past few years
1: it's it's fun and and again that's also another thing it's like it's a nice thing to be able to look back and be like oh I did that I did that like this things I forgot like I forgot about that Pokemon number for the longest time (laughs) and I was like oh yeah I did that um but yeah it's it is a great place to like archive memories and perform for me as drag performer performer and um just look something because sometimes i forget like i've been doing it for just over a year now and i've forgotten uh, so many things i've already done so let you know in two years time looking back at this will be so much fun
0: you keep the bits of costumes as well or sometimes great good.
1: I, I i don't have enough space to keep everything yeah. like <laughs> there's some things which end up being repurposed for others like again paper mache
0: oh good i just um, want to see it in the bin <laughs>
1: i've had to chuck away a couple things because Mm. they were just too big like i made a cardboard cutout box for a barbie doll and it was falling apart and i chucked that away and i was like oh that was very sad because i know how much time went into like planning it and making it and then getting rid of it was just so quick but yeah i try to keep as much as i can or if not i'll keep like i'll make i'll take a good photo of it and print it out and keep it somewhere yeah
0: Well, it's been gorgeous talking to you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely.
0: Um, Oh, have a wonderful Halloween. And I hope we get to see you in one of your performances really soon. Thank you.
1: Amazing. Thank you. Bye.
0: Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.